Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Good morning, everyone, or maybe good afternoon, good night, wherever you are. Um, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I am your host for the snooze button, and today we are going to be talking about securing the door. Yes, that's right. Locked up raw, your toddler in their room. So, I want to talk about this because not only do I talk about it all the time with clients, but I think it's one of those topics where it's easy to have a really strong opinion that you haven't really thought through. And that's not an attack on anyone or a judgment. I, I do it too with things that I'm not the expert on. And I think before you make a conclusion about what you would or should do in regards to securing your child in a room, I want you to listen to this and then make your own informed decision. Um, And, you know, I say this with a lot of topics that I speak on. My job is to support people in doing things they want to do. It is not to force anyone to do anything they don't want to do. So when I'm working with clients, if somebody is like, for whatever reason, it's not my business or I don't need to know why they don't want to do it. If I suggest securing the door and they don't want to, that's their choice, right? But I'm going to tell you when I suggest it, why I suggest it, when you would stop, how you would do it, all of the things. And you guys know me if you have been listening to this news button, if you follow me on Instagram, obviously if you're a client, you've taken my course, I really try to come from a place of logic versus emotion. Now, we all have emotions about things. That's not saying I'm not emotional. But when it comes to making decisions around our kids, coming from a place of what logically makes sense to do, and then how are we going to handle our emotions around it? That's the most important thing. So, okay, that was my soapbox. You know, you guys know I have to always get on one. So let's first talk about some of the misconceptions around securing your child in a room. And to be clear, when I'm saying securing them in the room, it means in some way, and I will talk through what those ways are, it means in some way your toddler cannot leave the bedroom, right? They're in their room, they're not in a crib anymore, they're in a bed, and they are not able to leave fully and exit the room and free ball around the house without you doing something, okay? That's what I mean by securing the door. So I think, I've said this to some clients before, I feel like we're like the dateline generation where we have in our heads that like securing your child in their room is akin to like they're chained up in the basement, you know, like in a cage or something. That is not what we're doing, right? That is not what we're doing at all. And I do think, too, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a psychologist, and I think that there's a lot of not only like misinformation out there, but there's also this new sort of like thing in with within like the mental health world that's like everything's trauma based, right? It's like anything you're doing wrong as a parent is because you are suffering from some sort of childhood trauma. You need to heal your trauma, your childhood wounds, and I mean, even for me, someone who did not have really trauma as a child, I still have found myself reading things and being like, oh my God, am I doing that because of my trauma? What was my trauma? Do I need to go to one of those doctors where they like unpack memories you don't have? Like, it's crazy how much stuff out there just makes you second guess and question things that logically you don't need to question. And I do feel like the door being secured for a child is one of those things where it's like that they're going to be traumatized. They are being abandoned. You're locking them in the closet. Like that's not what we're doing. Um, So I would say as you think through all this and listen to it, I want you to think about is this trauma or is it something else? It's not 
it's not trauma. Okay. You're not being mean. You're not a mean mommy or a mean daddy if you secure your child in the room. Okay. Now, here are the reasons why I suggest, and I will get to the ages and all of that in a minute, why I suggest securing the door for a child. And you know what? Actually, I should do the ages first because I think that gives you a good framework for me to go through this. As you guys can tell, I have not had my coffee yet this morning, so I'm, as usual, off the rails. So I suggest securing the door, strongly suggest it, for any child who is in a bed under the age of four. So... Now, if I could have my way, I would not have any kids jumping out of their cribs or leaving their cribs until they're four anyway. But knowing that many of them do, either they have jumped out and so the parents need to put them in a bed or the parents before they find me just made the decision for some other reason to put the child in a bed and are having a lot of issues with with it, which is really common when you do it too early. and they come to me and, you know, the, the child's already in a bed and they're running out of the room all the time and having trouble staying in. So any child under four, I strongly recommend using some type of way to secure them in the room, right? Some way to secure the door. And then at the age of four, I think it's kind of up to the parents. I think some kids really benefit from it and kind of need it. And others do not and are ready to not have the door secured. And then five and up, I do not recommend doing it. So here are the reasons. Here's the reasoning behind all of that. I'm going to talk through autonomy, mischief, fire, safety, and boundaries. There are four, four like big reasons why I suggest this for two and three-year-olds and some four-year-olds using the parent's discretion, knowing their temperament, personality, psychological development, all of that. So autonomy. I want you guys to take a step back for a second. If you had never heard anything about locking kids in a room, door monkeys, anything like that, I want you to think through what logically makes more sense. If you have spent, let's, let's say it's a two-and-a-half-year-old, For the last two and a half years, this baby has been in a crib, right? They've been sleeping in a crib. They jump out and they jumped out every day for a week. And mom and dad are like, okay, this is actually unsafe. They're going to like break their neck. We have to put them in a bed, even though we don't want to. What do you think logically is a good leap in autonomy for a two and a half year old who has for the first two and a half years of their life been in effectively a cage, right? They're like in a cage where they can like basically run the perimeter of that thing And that's the only place they can go. Do you think logically it makes more sense to say, okay, Billy, you have shown us that you are ready to go into a bed. You can go now anywhere you want in your room. And mom and dad are room proofing, you know, making sure the furniture is secured. There aren't any loose wires, maybe um, closing, locking like the closet so they can't toss all the clothes out, whatever. They can go anywhere they want in their room, theoretically, right? You put them to bed. And if they want to jump up and start doing jumping jacks, that's their choice. Does that make logical sense to you? Or to say, okay, Billy, I can't remember what name I use, Bobby, Billy, you're a big boy now. You don't have to be in your crib anymore. And the house is yours. You can go anywhere. Now, obviously, you don't want them to go anywhere in the house, but they can. If you don't secure the door, you've just given them an autonomy jump from a crib to your entire 3,000 square foot home. Like, think about that logically for a second. Does that, does that make sense? Is that an appropriate boundary change for a two-and-a-half-year-old? No, that's crazy, right? And that's why so many problems often happen is because it's not an appropriate shift in autonomy for little kids. And of course, yes, you want them to stay in their room, but most of them don't want to do that, right? So that's the first thing to think through from like a logic perspective. The second thing is mischief. This is temperament specific. I realize not all kids are mischievous. They don't really want to get into things. They'll mostly stay in their room. If they come out, they just want to see you. But we can't always predict what they're going to do. And some kids are mischievous. Mischievous, excuse me. I've had kids come out of their room and go to cleaning supplies. I had a kid once pick up a knife 
and these are not clients when I was working with them. This is like they came to me and said, we're having these issues. My favorite, though, was the little boy who had twin baby sisters and went out and got yogurts from the fridge and then went and dumped them in the bassinets like while the parents were sleeping because he wanted to feed them. He, like he was a sweet boy, he's three year old. He just wanted to help. He wanted to feed his sisters. Um, but he literally like dumped yogurt in their bassinets while the parents were sleeping. Obviously, now we have a big safety issue, right? Not only for him, like climbing on stuff to get into the fridge, but also obviously a massive safety issue for two newborn baby girls. So that's another consideration. Biggest one high level here is fire safety. So as a part of my training, I did speak with first responders and firefighters, and they will tell you that under a certain age, right, like kids who are about two or three, some four-year-olds, if there is an emergency, those children typically do not have the emotional and you know psychological capacity to understand what to do in an emergency so they're not dialing 911 they're not stop dropping and rolling they're not like grabbing their sister's hand and running outside they're like hiding in a cabinet or a closet or under a bed in the guest bedroom right and now the firefighters can't find them this is obviously a huge huge problem and has had devastating results so thinking through do i have a child who knows what to do in an emergency and if you have a two or three year old you probably don't i mean they're just, they're not there yet, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with them. They're just not there yet. They're little. Um, and the last one, which is not the biggest one from a safety perspective, but in terms of it being easy for you and easy for your child going from the process of moving from a crib to a bed is just having a really clear boundary. I'm sure you guys have heard that phrase, to be clear is to be kind. And it's such an important one. The more clear you are with a toddler about where the line in the sand is, the easier it is for them to understand and accept it. So if you're doing things like, you know, sometimes you come out and I'm kind of annoyed and I am like, go back to your room, Emma. And other times I'm like, okay, I'll sit with you for five minutes. And other times like, okay, I'll leave the door cracked a little bit. Emma doesn't know what's going to happen every night. Every night is a pick your own adventure. And she's just going to keep trying, keep seeing what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. When the boundary is clear, I now have access to my entire room, but not beyond that. It's so much easier for Emma to relax and get into bed when she's ready to go to get into bed, right? So those are really the reasons to think through. And in terms of when you stop doing it, I suggest probably by age five. So if you had had a two or a three-year-old that you're using some way of securing the door, then around that age, I would just stop securing it. I, I would say you stop securing it when you feel like you have a kid who is able to, you can say to them something like, Jimmy, you know, when either if you're using a hatch light or they're starting to be able to read a clock, you're like, when the clock strikes this or whatever the thing is, you can come out and get the, your breakfast, right? If you have a kid who's old enough to like pour themselves cereal and milk, that's a good time for them not to need a door monkey. That's a kid who knows how to pick up a phone and dial 911. It's a kid who can talk about an emergency. It's a kid who has autonomy and is not going to like grab a knife and run around with it for fun. Um, that's the age that they no longer need to be secured in the room. So in terms of what you would use to secure a toddler in their room, that is really up to you as the parents in the layout of your house and also how uh, mischievous and strong your kid is. So if we have a child who did not jump out of the crib, maybe the parents just proactively moved them a little earlier than would have been ideal. Um, and they're not usually coming out, but you just want to set this clear boundary that they're not going to be able to. A gate is great. So they can even open the door fully, but there's a gate there. Um, and I find this works especially well, um, often with girls who are not super mischievous. Um, I'm not gender biasing here. I'm just telling you from working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families. 
that I have yet to see a boy <laughs> be successful with a gate. Um, and are not typically coming out anyway. You're just setting a very clear boundary. And these are not like jumpers, right? They're not kids who, if you had a kid who jumped out of the crib, I would say 99.9% of them um, would not do well with a gate because they would just knock it over or jump over it, right? These are our, these are our future Olympians. Um, other thing you knew is just a childproof knob on the door, right? A knob on the door that we've all seen them. You just put it right over the door and the kid tries to twist it and it doesn't open. You can also use a door monkey or a door buddy. I'm going to link my Amazon storefront in these show notes here. So you can see examples of door monkey and door buddy. They're just brand names. And they're essentially like, you know, the little baby proofing things you put on like a cabinet that has medicine or something like that. So you would put a door monkey or a door buddy on the higher end of your door, you know, where an adult could reach it, but not a child. Um, and they can open the door a little bit to see out but they can't like physically get out of the room. So for some families, I think they like this, they like this one, like using a door monkey or door buddy, because it eliminates some of that fear that parents have like, oh, but I don't want them to feel like they're like locked in the room, like whatever, right? They can kind of open it a little bit and see out, they just can't get out. Um, I will tell you guys though, if you use a door monkey or a door buddy or a knob, or, I mean, honestly, any of this stuff, test it with adult strength <laughs> before you introduce it to your child, because I've had several clients have really strong kids just bust through them on night one. Like they all, they just try for like five minutes and they're able to open it because the parents just kind of like put, you know, you've never done it before. So you just put it on the way you think it'll work and then they don't test it out. And obviously now you have a big problem if they're, if you told them they were going to, you were going to use this product and now <laughs> they're able to bust through it. So try it yourself. Um, and then the last one obviously is just like lock, right? You can flip the lock. So it locks from the outside and you can just lock the door. Um, those are all different ways you can do it. So I hope this gives you guys some good context into when and why I suggest securing the door. And again, it is your child, it is your family, and you need to do what you feel comfortable with. But I do think that for many families, once they have like the full context to stuff like this, and they're able to see it from a place of logic versus emotion, it's much easier for them to do it and to have success. And I will tell you guys that I do see success happen much more quickly with two and three-year-olds who are using some way of securing the door than do those who don't. It is absolutely still possible for a two or three-year-old to stay in their room and like comply with new boundaries and all of that, but it takes significantly longer, significantly, than those where there is a door monkey or a door buddy or a gate or a lock or whatever. Um, the kids just understand it much more quickly and they get much more comfortable in their rooms more quickly. So that is my story for you today. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Wherever you live in the country, um, it's cold and raining, I think. I, I'm in Southern California. I'm very confused. I moved here from New York City thinking I was moving to like Southern California. Apparently, I'm in Seattle. I don't know. It's been raining and cold for the last two months, um, which means everyone is sick and everyone is in the cold it's very odd. I don't know what's going on, but I'm hoping it ends soon. Um, have a great rest of your week, guys, and we will have another very exciting client confidential next week. See you then. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep.